Shalom, and welcome to Via Hafta Yisrael, a Hebrew phrase which means you shall love Israel. We hope you'll stay with us for the next 30 minutes as our teacher, Dr. Baruch, shares his expository teaching from the Bible. Dr. Baruch is the senior lecturer at the Zerah Avraham Institute based in Israel. Although all courses are taught in Hebrew at the Institute, Dr. Baruch is pleased to share this weekly address in English. To find out more about our work in Israel, please visit us on the web at loveisrael.org. That's one word, loveisrael.org. Now, here's Baruch with today's lesson. The children of Israel is in the midst of transition, and God has provided to them a leader, a humble leader, a committed leader, one who is submissive to the instructions of God. And if we look at this passage, and by the way, we're going to be studying from Sefer Yeshua, the book of Joshua, and chapter 5. And in my impression, when you study this, we're going to learn many useful principles. Principles that are derived from the scripture that is going to equip us and give us a very different perspective. So let's begin tonight. Take out our Bibles. Let's look at Joshua chapter 5 and begin with verse war verse one and it came about as all the amorite kings heard now what amorite kings the ones who were on the other side of the jordan and then we have a surprising word yama meaning westward to the sea now the problem is this we learned earlier that the children of Israel, they destroyed two of the great Amorite kings, Sihon and Og. So what has happened? Well, what has happened is these armies under the leadership of their kings have moved. They have joined forces with the Canaanites who are also on that western side. As it says here, if we keep reading, we are told and all the kings of the canaanites which are unto the sea that would be the mediterranean sea and what did they hear well they heard something they heard testimony they heard how and let's be very specific they heard how the lord had dried up the waters of the jordan before the children of israel unto their crossing so they had heard another miracle and we're going to see in the last part of this verse the same thing that we learned a few weeks ago from that woman in jericho named rachath she had recounted how they had heard about this victory at the red sea and what god did through the people of israel against the amorite kings sihon and og and how what the people's hearts melted and there was no spirit within them to oppose the children of israel so what happened is the amorites kings and presumably the people they went across the jordan river before the children of israel and they united with those in jericho and the other canaanites and the other ites that were in the land of canaan and they had hope according to the midrash rabbah they had hoped that their vast numbers 
would discourage Israel from crossing over the Jordan River. But they heard, they heard that, that God dried up the waters of the Jordan River before the children of Israel unto their passing. And when they heard this, look at the last part of verse 1, and their hearts melted, and there was not in them any spirit, any longer a spirit, and this means any inclination before the children of Israel. Now, what we see here, this is a a big principle. Those people are defeated and they know it. Their hearts are weak. There is no strength within them. They have no life, no spirit, in other words, in order to oppose what God's doing. But this does not mean the children of Israel are going to be successful in conquering the land. Why? God's got to teach them something. And that is, you do not receive the promises of God. Hear this. You do not receive what God has promised you if you're operating in the flesh. You can't live in the flesh and receive from God. Big principle. And that involves just not the things we do, but also how one thinks. And as I said, there are big principles that are taught to us in this fifth chapter. Let's move on to to verse 2. In that time, the Lord said to Yahshua, make for yourself swords now not just any swords but it says swords some bibles will say sharp well i agree there's sharp sharp swords but it says surib comes from the word sur which is a stone or a rock and it's talking about a flint stone so swords of of flint stone or sharpened by by flint stone and he says and again circumcise the children of israel a second time a second time what does he mean can you circumcise someone twice well not that same person but we're going to see undeniably god is talking about a different group of people and what is that different group well we could call it the next generation and it's the next generation when that's emphasized in the scripture well then we're talking about a kingdom context that's why this passage has many things that that relate to the kingdom and therefore gives us kingdom principles that we're called to live by today look at verse 3 and joshua made for himself swords of this flint stone and he circumcised the children of israel where at the place and what was this place called it says l to the the hill of Aralot, which means the hill of the uncircumcision now this speaks about the spiritual condition of those who had crossed over the jordan river they got in the right place but they were not prepared because they were uncircumcised what does that mean they're operating in the flesh circumcision is important now i talk to many leaders and i'll ask them if we're coming across a passage like this and there's many things that relate to circumcision in the bible and i'll ask pastors what does circumcision teach 
And what do they do? They think and they guess. Don't guess. Know the word of God. And the answer is circumcision brings about the death of the flesh. That flesh, that foreskin is removed. And when flesh is removed from the body, it dies. And that's why Jewish law says the foreskin must be buried. Buried relates to death. So he's teaching the people here. You are still in the flesh and you can't inherit the things of God in the flesh. Verse 4. We read here. Vezei hadavar. And this is the matter. This is the primary thing that, that he wants to explain. This circumcision. Who was circumcised again a second time? Well, he's going to tell us, look again at, at this verse, verse 4. And this is the thing which Joshua circumcised, the matter. All the people, the ones coming forth from, from Egypt, the males, all the men of war, what happened to them? All the men of war died in the wilderness, in the desert, on the way of their departure from Egypt. So they're living when they come out of Egypt. There's these men of war, but along the way during these 40 years, what happened to them? They died off. This is what it's saying here. When they came out of, of Egypt, from Egypt, verse 5, for they were circumcised all the people that, that came forth and all the people what people? The ones who were born in the wilderness on this journey in their departure from Egypt. The ones born on this departure, meaning during those 40 years of them leaving Egypt, still wandering in that wilderness. It says, look at the end of verse, verse 5, they were not circumcised. So these are the ones whom he circumcised this circumcision again. Not the same group of people, but the next generation. Verse 6. Now, verse 6 has the number 40. Numbers are important in the Bible. The number 40 relates to change or transition. And that's what God's doing. He's bringing a change upon the people. They're going through a transition. And maybe you're going through a transition. Maybe you have experienced some, some hardship in your life. And maybe it has nothing to do with you being unfaithful, perhaps. It's because you're faithful, that you love God, that you're serving God, the enemy has attacked. And he has a temporary, and I want to emphasize that, a temporary victory. Perhaps you have lost, lost whatever. Your business has closed, you've been fired, uh, money has been lost, investments, whatever it may be. And it could be a multiplicity of other things that the enemy strikes at. And you are a time of, of uncertainty in your life. That's a transition. Now, let me be the first one to say, no one wants to be in transition. It's difficult. It can be, when we look at it with the eyes of man, a scary situation. But realize, it doesn't have to be. God loves you. God has allowed what's taken place and he's allowed it for a purpose and God's going to use it 
to grow you, to teach you things, and to glorify Him. So it's easy for me to say this sitting at this time, not in some hard transition, but I assure you, those things are true. You are going to grow in intimacy in this battle with God. You are going to grow in your understanding of biblical truth as you go through this battle and you don't go through it alone. You go through it with God. He is with you. Remember that. Just as he's with the children of Israel in this passage. Look at verse 6. For 40 years, the children of Israel, they, they walked in the wilderness unto the end of all the generation that is all the nation all the nation the men of war the ones that came forth from egypt and why was there an end to them it says who did not listen and that word listen also means respond they did not hear nor did they respond to what to the voice of the lord and notice what it said which he swore the lord swore to them that he would not show them the land which he swore the lord swore to their forefathers to give to us now what god is saying is this he revealed this word vilti it's a word of negation he says i'm giving you the land but god takes it north i'm not showing it to you why faithlessness because this group they may have been circumcised but they were faithless and they died in the wilderness and now this new group they had come through and they had learned to trust and depend upon god that's what god taught them this 40 years that's the change their transition trust me and they did they saw god's miraculous activity as he brought them across on dry land through the jordan river stopping the waters miraculously and now they are going through a circumcision the flesh has to die if they're going to accomplish so this other group the faithless ones they were circumcised in the flesh but not in the heart they had no faith and god swore that he would not show them the land which he had sworn to their forefathers to give to us a land a land flowing with milk and honey so instead of giving it to them that he swore to give it to us who look now to verse 7 their sons that he established in their place them yeshua joshua circumcised because they were uncircumcised for they had not been circumcised on the way so now they're going through this circumcision we'll talk more about that why now and the timing the timing is so important let me ask you a question when did the children of israel cross over the jordan river we were told they crossed over on the 10th day of nisan that first month of eve the 10th day was an important day of preparation when you brought the lamb 
into the house that was for egypt now that tenth day is being used for another preparation just like the people had to be circumcised in egypt to keep the passover this is going to be extremely important now at this time look if you would to verse 8 and it came about when all the nation they completed to be circumcised meaning all of them were circumcised that brought to an end they they dwelt in their place in the camp until they were revived that is until life returned meaning until they were healed from this now we know something we know that that usually three days go by so they were circumcised on the 10th 11th 12th 13th and now they were healed and what happens well god is going to move to the next stage so now we're coming up to another important day look if you would to verse 9 and the lord said to yeshua that is joshua today now it's going back either to the 10th when he did it or and when the process is now all completed he says today i have removed the reproach the disgrace of egypt from upon you now egypt is is related to the world and the problem is is when we think as the world thinks we need to think differently we need to think in accordance to the revelation of god and it's only when we think according to the revelation of god is god going to grow us mature us position us where he will use us and we will be instruments that bring glory and honor to him and when we do that the outcome of god in our life for that obedience what we accomplish it is going to be a wonderful experience for us of joy of satisfaction so it says here today i have rolled away the disgrace the reproach of egypt from upon you and this word for rolling away is galoti now it comes from the same word notice what it says therefore god says i have rolled away the reproach of egypt from upon you and he called the name of that place gilgal why gilgal comes from the same shorsh the same root of this word for rolling away it's the place of rolling and it's called by that name gilgal he says even until this day verse 10 the children of israel they camped at gilgal and what did they do look at the middle of verse 10 and they did the passover they could not do the passover until they were circumcised read the book of exodus you cannot keep passover we don't keep it today we remember it but you cannot keep it the way that they did being uncircumcised why there is something that is in conflict redemption causes us to live in the spirit if you're you're uncircumcised you're still in the flesh so circumcision brings the death of the flesh so that you might live in the spirit and that is the outcome of redemption so the children of israel they camped 
in Gilgal. And they did the Passover. When? On that 14th day of the month, in the evening, in the plains of Jericho. Verse 11. Now, verse 11 takes us to a very important principle. And that is, we live in the natural in this world. But we're called to live supernaturally. And that is being able to discern the supernatural in the midst of living in this world and in this body. Notice what it says in verse 11. And they ate the grain of the land on the day after Passover. And they ate this toasted matzah. And it's word matzot ve kalui. They ate matzah and this, this, this grain that's toasted. On that very day, this very day, they did this. Now, when they did that on the day after Passover, there's a lot that we can be said about that expression, mi macharat ha-pesach, and how to understand it, but that's for another lesson in its entirety. He says, look at verse 11. And the man, haman, that is the manna, the manna ceased on the next day when they ate the grain of the land. And no longer was there for the children of Israel any man, any manna. And they ate from the produce of the land of Canaan that year. So they no longer ate that supernatural food, that manna. But realize something. That supernatural food didn't cause them in the wilderness to live supernaturally. God provided, but they didn't receive it in faith. And that that older generation died out. But now it's that next generation, what we could call the kingdom generation, that's revealing to us kingdom principles. And they were eating natural food, but they're called to do supernatural things. So we live in the natural, but we do the supernatural. Look again at verse 12. And the manna cease on the day after they ate from the grain of the land. And there was no longer for the children of Israel manna because they ate from the produce of the land of Canaan in that year. Verse 13. Now, we just have a few verses left, but they're so wonderful. We're going to learn, I said God provided a, a godly, a faithful leader for the children of Israel. And that person, Yahushua or Joshua. And notice that Joshua, he does not act in fear. When you live in the flesh, you're going to behave fearfully. You're going to give priority to the wrong one. But, but notice verse 13. And again, this is just a terrific passage. Verse 13. And it came about when... Yahushua was in Jericho. Now, it simply says, if we look at it, It seems as though he is by himself in Jericho. Now, that's a place of danger, but he's there. And it says, he lifted up his eyes. That is a Hebrew idiom for prayer. Now, I would suggest to you that he's going around Jericho and he's praying he's doing that prayer walk there 
and he doesn't have others with him. He's alone. And what is he doing? He's there when, notice, he looked up. He's praying, and there's revelation. He saw, and behold, a man. Now, the next word is the word omed. It is in the present tense. If you come from a Hebrew background, if you come from a Christian background, you'll call it a present participle. Again, I say it often. It doesn't matter the terminology that you recognize it. And when you see it by whatever you call it, you recognize it as making an emphasis on that word and what follows. So, Yahushua, he's in Jericho. He's going around. He's praying. He lifts up his eyes and he sees he looks and behold a man standing lay nigdo now you can write it two different ways you could say lift enough meaning before him that's the intent but it says lay nigdo why neged is against neged is a word of opposition in hebrew so it appears when he sees this one that this one is standing in opposition that's how it appears but notice something what does he do well it says this one who's standing in opposition to joshua his sword was drawn and in his hand now i don't know about you but but that would bother me i see someone especially i believe that this one looked awesome in his presentation and he had that sword in his hand drawn like ready for battle and he's standing apparently in opposition that's how it perceives to 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 joshua and what did joshua do well notice second part of verse 13 and joshua went unto him and said to him are you for us or against us now, for us, literally it says, are you for us or for our enemies? And the response is very important. But notice, would you not, if you saw a person with his sword drawn from its sheath in his hand, I mean, I'd look at that. It would terrify me. I would want to go away. But what does Joshua do? A man of faith, not a man of fear. He approaches him and he wants to identify him. He makes no assumptions. He's standing in opposition. But Joshua says, are you for us or for our enemies? He wants discernment. He wants to know the identity of this one. Look at verse 14. And he said, who said? This one with his sword drawn. He said, Here's his response, low, meaning no. Now, why is that? Well, this is the problem. We sometimes see someone and we want to know, are you uh, with us or are you with our enemies? But that's not the right question. You see, the question is, are you with God or with us? And this one is going to clarify. Notice he says he says no to Joshua. Now, are you for us or for our enemies? Is that not a yes or no question? He says, no, just no. For I am the captain. 
This is a word for a, an important leader. I am the captain of the army of the Lord. Now I have come. Now this word now, ata, is now in a sense of urgency. I have come now and it's urgent that I have come. And notice Joshua's response. Same verse, verse 14. And Yahushua, he fell on his face towards the ground and he worshiped and he said to him, what my Lord are you speaking to your servant? Once he identifies himself as a representative, now he worshiped him. Some people say, is this a description? Is this a name for Yeshua? Perhaps it is. The fact that Joshua bowed down to the ground and what angels have done elsewhere, don't worship me. I'm a fellow servant. I'm an angel. You don't worship me. You worship God. But we don't see this. So is this a, a pre-incarnation appearing of Messiah? It may very well be. I don't know of any explanation because it says here, look again. Vayipo Yeshua el panav and Joshua fell to his face towards the ground and he worshiped him and he said to him what my lord are you speaking to your servant now some might translate this word as he worshiped Literally, it doesn't say he worshiped him. He worshiped, but he fell before him. So you'll have to discern how it's best understood. But one real possibility is that this is an appearance of Messiah. He worshiped and he said to him, what my Lord, another important term, Adoni, are you speaking to your servant? Joshua sees himself as this one's servant. Verse 15, our last verse. And the captain of the army of the Lord said to Joshua. Now, let me just point out before we conclude. He's a captain of the army of the Lord. Now, there's a congregation in Fort Lauderdale that I frequently visit. A good congregation. Good people. But not all of them are people of true faith. There are few people, and I think they have gone. But they were there why I was there several times, and they were pacifists. Let me tell you, pacifism is not of God. There are times, not always, but there are times when God wants us to fight. It's a spiritual battle, but we carry it out in the flesh. Not our flesh, but just using our body, not in the flesh, but utilizing our body, utilizing sometimes materialistic things like, like weapons and such. And I praise God. I live in Israel. I'm an Israeli citizen. I praise God for the Israeli army. When I'm walking as I was yesterday in Jerusalem, and it's a tense time, I'm happy to see those soldiers with their weapons. And those weapons are there for bringing about peace, keeping people to behave righteously and not doing unrighteously. So I am thankful for godly police officers, godly soldiers. They are a blessing. 
And in the same way, it's not by accident that this one who appears is called the captain, Sar, Tzava Hashem, the army of the Lord, the captain of the army of the Lord. And notice what he says. Look again at verse 15. He said to Joshua, this captain of the Lord's army, take off your shoe from your feet for the place which you are standing again omed the second time we see that word in that form in that that significant construction for the place that you are standing upon it holy is it and what do we see which means and joshua did thusly he did appropriately he responded yes and did it now what does this teach us i would suggest to you a couple things and that is this not only does it show that that joshua's walking in that same heritage that same faith that same humility as moses moses did that same thing on mount sinai god spoke to him that same words moses did it now joshua so we see that unity both are servants of the lord both are humble and that humility is manifesting itself in submissiveness and submissiveness having that submissive spirit leads to obedience and obedience leads to receiving receiving the promises of god now when you're operating in the flesh you may be using physical things but you are not called to operate in the flesh that is of the world of that carnal nature no we operate according to the truth of god the weapons of his warfare are mighty for bringing down the strongholds of the enemy but at times we use physical things and we see that with the circumcision what's being emphasized the death of the flesh that produces submissiveness that leads to obedience and we're going to see that leads to victory and when we're not obedient as we'll see in a few weeks it leads to defeat we're going to see that god's principles are are true and when you violate them whether you belong to god or not when you violate them you're not going to reap success and i'm talking about success in god's eyes you're not going to accomplish his purposes his will so let's learn these principles from from joshua chapter 5 what god demands of us he expects they're not suggestions he demands it if we're going to be people that take hold of the victory of god and and rejoice in the victory that god has won if we're going to share in his victory well i'll close with that until next week shalom from israel well we hope you will benefit from today's message and share it with others Please plan to join us each week at this time and on this channel for our broadcast of loveisrael.org. Again, to find out more about us, please visit our website, loveisrael.org. There you will find articles and numerous other lectures by Baruch. These teachings are in video form. You may download them or watch them in streaming video. Until next week, may the Lord bless you in our Messiah Yeshua, that is, Jesus, as you walk with Him. Shalom from Israel.